You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah, letting her breathe on a Monday. Hope you're having a lovely day. Thanks for sticking around. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sands George Russick. He'll be back on Wednesday. A little family time for the kid. Love to see it. As a result, our producer, Patty Dumas, sitting in today. GVP and Shan in the other room. And we do go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline as we talk to our next insider for the NFL. His name is Charles Davis. You might have caught him yesterday as he was uh, calling the Bengals and the Steelers. Ooh, tough one. NFL Insider brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. We have lots to get to with Charles. Hello, sir. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving, although belated. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Um, happy holiday season, because now the official start here in the States, that's the kickoff. And we do it so classy mm-hmm. because we go to Black Friday and it's hand-to-hand combat <laughs> to get our holiday season off to a wonderful start. So that was wonderful. Hey, before we before we begin, yeah. may, I, may I tell you both – my getting home quickly story last I, night. I would love nothing more. Game ends, go to the airport normal, right? This is kind of how the routine works. Game ends, get to the airport. We're lucky enough to get a little assistance getting there. It's not helicopters or anything like that, like in the golden age of, of TV. You know the Submarine instead? Crew, back, in, back in those days? Yeah. Did you know there was times they would get, take helicopters to get them to their flights <laughs> from the stadium? Big rigs. That's Howard Cosell and those guys. Oh, yeah. Back then, you remember, mm. you remember the remember the Boston Red Sox before they had their breakthrough in baseball. And they talked about how they were never unified as a team, and the, the joke was twenty five players, twenty five cabs hmm. to go everywhere because no one wanted to ever <laughs> ever share with each other. Mm-hmm. That was the day back then. Oh, I got out my own helicopter. Okay, you got it. <laughs> um, anyway. So so we get to the airport, everything's fine, everything, and then you start having the unfortunate in your you know your flight is delayed, mm-hmm. and it's delayed, and it's delayed. Oh, gonna miss my connection. Oh boy. Oh, luckily there's another later connection. Woo! Thank goodness, my flight's not in yet that I can take back to where I'm going. Delayed. Oh, your connection's delayed. Anyway. <laughs> Bottom line is I land back at my airport and it is two fifty in the morning, two forty and two forty five, two fifty in the morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this is not because of the tale of woe. This is just simply tell me if I'm wrong on this one. I need you guys to guide me. It's two fifty. I have a ride arranged. I've got confirmation from the person that, that yep, I'll be there. I get to the designated spot, no person. I give it a couple of minutes because, hey, they might be in the bathroom. They could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. I text. I try calling said person. Phone goes immediately, zip. I call again, zip. Call again, zip. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Doesn't even ring through. That's a panic moment. <laughs> I, text. I text. No response. I'm thinking, oh, great. I hope there's an Uber person awake somewhere, right? <laughs> I text again, nothing. And finally I look up, and this person is walking towards me 
with all the speed of a glacier melting <laughs> and gets within about 30 feet of me, looks up. Now, there's, now remember what time I got in, right? Mm-hmm. There is no one in my vicinity. Mm-hmm. Looks up and says, Davis? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I and I nod, and he gets closer, and I say, hey, did you get my text? Did you get mine? He goes, no. And you can tell he'd been asleep, which I totally understood. At that hour, I had no issue about, hey, you were asleep. I, got, I didn't go, I can't believe you were asleep. Yeah. <laughs> of course he was asleep. I'm sorry. And he was waiting, right? Yeah. And, he, and, and he'd go, did you get my text? I said, I tried calling, and nothing would go through. I sent you two texts. And I trust, trust me on this one, guys. This isn't to make me a hero or anything. I fought every impulse to send that angry text, and I sent the nicest text that has ever been sent at two fifty in the morning when your ride's not there. And, and and he goes, "No." And I said, "Is your number this, 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 and this?" And he goes, "Yes." I said, "Then how did you not get the text?" And he looks at his phone and goes, "Ready?" Oh, I had it in sleep mode. No, oh, did you? <laughs> Do not Did disturb. You? Really? Hmm. Hmm. Now, at this point, <laughs> all that's really required is you look at a person and just go, hey, I'm really sorry. That's all you got to do. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, I'd say with 90% of us, you're well on your way to disarming us at that point. Mm-hmm. At that hour, you kind of get it. You've been, uh, you know, that's all you got to do. He doesn't do it. Mm. He just goes, do you have any other bags? No. <laughs> May I take your bags? No, I've got them. And that's for me as a general rule. That wasn't that wasn't a peak of anger. That was just as a general rule. I sure. tend to just roll my own bags. I have to tell you, I, I'm, so, I'm lucky enough to get these rides. The idea of me standing there and someone else pulling my bags and me walking along <laughs> I think I've done it a few times, and every time I felt like the biggest you-know-what going. Mm-hmm. So I just can't do it. Right. <laughs> so right. I go, no, 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 no. I always say the same thing. Nah, it's my exercise. I, I... <laughs> and, and we get there, and we get to the car, and we hop in, and we take off. And I'm trying to fall asleep, and then I realize my man is punching it like <laughs> – Pick, pick your guy and pick your person in Formula One. I don't know if you're NASCAR. I don't know if you're a drag racer. I don't know whatever. My man's bringing it. Now we're weaving. Now we're going. I was like, oh boy, are we going to take two wheels on that? Yes, we did on that turn. We certainly did. And then we get to a certain point, and there's a lot of speed bumps, Ooh. and we got big air on two of them. Big air. And I said to him, I said, said, my man, my man, you're going to lose an axle? (laughs) And my my sacroiliacs got no shot from this point on. I have a a decent idea. He understood the axle part. The sacroiliac, I think, buckled it. I think it buckled it. Now, we get there, and it's holiday season. He's picked me up at this hour. I literally have the tip in my pocket. Okay. It's in my pocket. He's got one more shot. We get out at the we get out at the house, get out of the car, he pulls it, and then my man squares up on me and it's the universal sign like tip. Yep. Yep. He doesn't say it, but the body language is screaming tip. 
your boy, universal language of, you really screwed this one up. Have a nice night, sir. <laughs> oh. Cheers. Good for you. Tip stays in pocket. Here's the best part. Remember I said I texted him twice, nothing, crickets? Yep. By the time I'm in my house, there's a thank you with an exclamation point text back to me, which I do believe is more of a bleep you mm. text. There's a little passive-aggressive yeah. feeling to that one. Yeah, the exclamation yeah, part maybe. Ab- yeah. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. So there you go. Well, That's way better than football, guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> good morning, I guess, on a, a tight turn for uh, Charles Davis oh, is it, here. Is it, still, is it still morning? Is it still morning? Yep, yeah, and, it's and, still and, morning, and, yep. And by the way, as bad as my night was, my guy Frank Reich, <laughs> my night was better than Frank Reich's day. Frank, oh. Frank, I mean, Frank caught it right, in the, right, right between the eyeballs today. And I have to say, I'm not sitting here in full defense like, hey, I cannot believe you did that Frank, blah, 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 although I love Frank. Played against Frank in college. Yeah, Frank's actually the cause of the worst game I ever had at Tennessee. Huh. So I do have a little bit of, you know, angst about Frank that I've never totally worked out in therapy. But, I, you know, I can't sit here and say, well, you know, there's no way they should have fired. They, they've not been good. Things have been bad. He's been wishy-washy. I'm calling plays. I'm not calling plays. Uh, I'm giving it discount. I'm taking it back. Uh, I, I haven't really developed the, the number one quarterback. He hasn't played that well. The rest of the team stinks. All these things go into it. Okay, so I get it. Like in this level, big person stuff, maybe you haven't hit what they expect you to hit. But you're also working for an owner who doesn't know what the heck is going on. Mm. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They've been lousy at what they've done. Their valuation has been terrible. They, they, you know, they, The last guy they pursued like crazy kept bumping up the money because he was so-called pursued by others. They fire him because you know, it doesn't work. You get the idea. Mm. This is just a mess there, and it's an organization that shouldn't be a mess. The potential is there. They've been to two Super Bowls. Okay? But – he can't even build a practice facility. Remember, he pulled yeah, out yep. millions of dollars. Guess what? We're not building that. And if you've been there and seen their facilities, it would surprise you. They're not very good. Hmm. And it's a surprise to me. Now, you have no number one pick because you traded away for the guy last year. Okay? You, you, you know, your, your roster construction is struggling a little bit. You now have a reputation as an owner who, you know, coaches come, coaches go. How attractive is your job right now? If you're talking about getting the top-level person you want, if you're talking about getting whoever this year Sean Payton is, right, how attractive is that job right now? How do you sell it? How do you make it happen? I wish them luck. It's the sixth coach David Tepper's fired since he took over there in 2018. That's more coaches than years Is that all? Past. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's more good, coaches right? than years. good for he continuity. Ought hire, he, ought guy who, he ought to hire the guy who picked me up last night. He thought the same thing. What? <laughs> Okay, well, well, CD, where where where's the next uh, step here for Carolina? Is it is it trading with New England for Bill Belichick? Is it something you talk about them trying to get a big fish? Well, they tried to get a big college fish in Matt Rule. Well, that that fizzled out real quick. Uh, we talked about Frank Reich maybe being the best hire in the offseason because hey, yeah, this guy did a hell of a great. job. Yeah, this guy did a hell of a job in Indianapolis. He's got a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. This is going to work. They were yep. they weren't that bad last year. They traded for that first overall pick. Uh, but what, what is David Tepper thinking here with Carolina? He's got no first-rounder this year, no weapons yep. for Bryce, Bryce Young. That offensive line is, is in shambles. You're going to ruin this kid before he can even take off. 
Yeah, and I'm a, I'm in agreement with everything you've said, and I have to say I thought it was a great hire. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and go revisionist history. I thought they nailed it. I thought he was the right guy for the young quarterback. Scott Fitter, the GM, I gave him high marks for how he was putting together a roster. Guys have not played well. Like Iki Aquanu, the left tackle, yep. that's a good draft pick, I thought. Mm-hmm. He has not been good for all of this season, starting all the way to, to preseason. This offensive line has not done its job for Bryce Young. Now, when you have a quarterback of Bryce's stature, which, of course, is a gamble when everybody's going, you don't draft a small quarterback. Well, guess what? we got small quarterbacks winning. So that that's off the table, all right? It's If you have one, you have to draft a certain way. And, and, and I brought up Sean Payton's name. Yeah. If you really watch what Sean did in New Orleans to take care of Drew Brees, who was a, say it with me, small quarterback, small quarterback you have to have an offensive line that's impregnable up the middle, center and two guards, because the biggest pressure you can put on a shorter quarterback is right up the middle. It's not the edge pressure. Edge pressure is big, yes, but what's bigger is right up the middle because your edge pressure flushes him up and he climbs the pocket. And if he can't see and find an angle mm-hmm. in there to throw, you're in trouble. Well, what did New Orleans have all those years? Those great guards, yep. Bushrod and, 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 and Jari Evans, mm-hmm. right? They had centers who could flat out play, all right? Riola. So when you put it all in there, that's what you have to have. Well, it's not happening. They've got a rookie playing at one guard. They've got a serviceable center in Bradley Bozeman. You get the idea. That takes time, but that time has not, is not going to be there for Frank Wright. I really felt like Frank was a great hire. But watching him during the year and watching how things played out, it almost felt like what happened in Indianapolis really scarred him, and he lost his confidence because he was calling plays. That had worked for him before. He had a system set up for a quarterback. That's how they brought up Carson, Carson Wentz in Philly when he was under Frank, uh, Frank uh, excuse me, under uh, Peter, Doug Peterson. In Indianapolis, you just threw a quarterback at him, and he made it work. Yep. Every year he had a different quarterback. I felt like he lost his confidence or something. He was something was different because you don't put call plays, give it away, take it back <laughs> within the same year. You've hurt yourself. You've hurt the person you gave play calling to in Thomas Brown. Cause now people are looking at Thomas Brown, who is a head coaching candidate, another offensive coordinator candidate. And they're saying, well, you had it for like two games and he took it back. What happened to you? And it may not even be his fault, but now you put question marks on his name. So I don't know what they do. I don't know how they do it, but right now I don't have a whole lot of confidence that the man who owns the team is going to have to be able to hire someone who's going to make this whole thing work because of all the stuff you laid out plus his own track record. And as all of this is going down, C.J. Stroud throws for 300-plus again in that game against the Jags. The Texans come up short, but he looked good Way to go. Way to inflame the Carolina base right now. There you go. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, took the wrong guy. Listen, there I'm sure go. they're dialed into Sportsnet 960 in Calgary down in Carolina. So I'm, oh, I'm going to be. Oh, they've heard you by now. They've oh, heard yeah. you by now. <laughs> we're, we're making waves, baby. You look out. Um, but I wanted to ask you. Don't mess with you. Would uh, Would Stroud and Young, if they swap places, because one of the things that everyone talks about with CJ Stroud is yes, he's playing unbelievably well, but we just talked about the Carolina offensive line did not being good enough, and Houston's got one that's very capable, very talented. And and you look around the league, like the Eagles get a big win. One of the big reasons is late in that game, that offensive line was able to get some work done and help them get into the end zone late. If I'm a team and I'm trying to start out. I got to start with my offensive line. Build inside out. Because if, if you're not keeping your quarterback safe, like it just, 
I'm so much more confident in a team that is confident in their offensive line. It feels like a like just yeah. a basic statement, but it feels like something that enough teams don't do. It's true. And when you look back and trace the season of the Texans, it hasn't been smooth sailing with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line coach is a veteran NFL guy named Chris Strasser. And he has done yeoman's work at a number of places. And when you see him, he is not your stereotypical looking offensive line coach. He looks more like he should be coaching special teams or, or wide receivers. But he is a he is an offensive line guru. And let me tell you how it works in Houston, because we were there a few weeks ago and they were having injuries and banged up and mixed and matching and the whole thing. And I saw Chris Strasser and I was like, Chris, what are you doing with this week? Like hey, this guy's out, this guy's hurt, this guy's that. And he just looked at me and goes, same as every week, we'll make it work, and walked away. And when you have a person who has that capability, that type of confidence that he transmits to everyone else, plus a quarterback who doesn't worry about it, and I'm not saying Bryce Young does, but C.J. Stroud is just like, yeah, whoever's in front of me is going to be fine. I'll be okay. And somehow it all works for them. It has not been that that offensive line is offensive line of the year. It's been a mix-and-match bunch, and C.J.'s played very well behind it. Now, if we flip them, is C.J. Stroud having the same success? Not, no, no chance. He's not. But is he, is he better in Carolina than maybe Bryce has been? I think you can make a case for that because of the way that he has played. I would just caution everyone, don't give up on Bryce after one season and where we are right now. It's way too early to do that. There have been flashes at times when you see, okay, this is why he was taken number one overall. And the really weird part of the whole season is when Houston went to Carolina about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Bryce Young outplayed C.J. Stroud and Carolina beat Houston. It is one of the – when you look back on the season and you go, hold on a second, that happened? Yeah, it happened. <laughs> it's one of the weird, weird things that you have. But has C.J. Stroud handled things better? Have things gone better? You can't make a case that it hasn't. And if you swap them, I think the C.J. Stroud still has more success just by how he's playing. But would Bryce Young be in a better situation? I would say throwing to Tank Dell, throwing to Noah Brown, hmm. throwing to Dalton Schultz, who have played well, I would say yes. But one last thing, Tank Dell was a third-round pick, so he wasn't expected to just burn it up. Dalton Schultz, good tight end. His numbers had fallen off in the last year. He, he's starting to come back. And Noah Brown was a seventh-round pick, guys. He's hmm. had his first 200-yard games in, NFL, in his NFL career. So something good is happening in Houston. It starts with D'Amico Ryan's their head coach, and Bobby Sloak is a first-time coordinator. Has put a right, really nice system in place, and they're playing at a high level. You were calling the Steelers and the Bengals game. Uh, it feels like the AFC North might have been decided after this weekend. The Ravens get a win over the Chargers. The Steelers win, but they lose Miles My- Garrett. Or pardon me, the Steelers win. The Browns lose, yeah. and they lose Miles Garrett, and the Bengals continue to have oh Chad God, Brown in, at quarterback. So feels like the AFC North got decided following the games that we saw this weekend. Yeah, and, and are we surprised? Not because really. Because I think going into the weekend, right? Thank you, Patrick. Um, you know, he's not, he's, not the best, he's not the best color analyst in the game for nothing, guys. I like it. Let it pop in. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think that the, the, you know, when you look at it, Patrick, I'm going right to you on this one. All right. When you started this weekend in AFC North and you looked at it and you said, okay, Baltimore's got Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati's going to be playing Jake Browning until further notice. 
Kenny Pickett is now the number two quarterback in Pittsburgh in the division, right? And then who am I missing? Um, Cleveland is playing Dorian Thompson Robinson. Might be Joe Flacco Can this that week. Defense hold up. Might be Joe Flacco now because DTR got a concussion. But when you put it all together, did you expect any result other than Baltimore kind of being the front runner? No, probably not. Just because of what they can, with what they've been able to, to show up this year with what that offense if, has put out there. If anything, it's more of a surprise yeah. at how long this race went before Baltimore yeah, finally like, got everybody away. Everybody was still kind of in it here, and we're into almost December. It just tells you about the AFC North because it is, guys, you know, I, I don't know where the pro wrestling was held in Calgary. I don't know if they held it at the Stampede Corral or if they had another hmm. venue. Do you remember the old Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto was a site of where Whipper Billy Watson took on everyone. <laughs> but in this in this case, the AFC North is a steel cage match every single game. It is brass knuckles, it's loser leave town, it's stretcher match, strap match, whatever you want, because they gum it up so badly on defense, they make it hard on everyone. They absolutely do. You don't see teams just sprinting away from each other in the AFC North. But get them out of the AFC North. Okay, Cleveland had that impressive win the week before against Pittsburgh, but it was 13-10. They mm-hmm. kick a field goal at the buzzer and win it. They go to Denver, and Denver really controls them and works them. And that's the bet, one of the best defenses in the league. They put 29 on them yesterday. Mm-hmm. And as you noted, Miles Garrett gets hurt among others. That's where the issue is. Because to me, the only team that can flat-out score right now in that division is Baltimore. That's it. And with the, you know, last night they struggled a little bit against the Chargers. And give the Chargers credit. Everybody keeps talking about Brandon Staley and, and you know this, that, and everything. They still play hard, but they also find ways not to win. They took over the ball last night, guys, at the two-minute warning down three and turned the ball over on downs again. I mean, they just – I don't know what else to say. The Chargers have the talent. It's all in place. They just don't know how to get it done. But back to Baltimore in the north. Yeah, I think we'd all be surprised if that division goes any other direction now. And now the question is going to be, can you get a second team in? Can Pittsburgh still ride this formula of defense first and get there? You know, can Cleveland get off the deck and do that? They're the only two real challengers. I think Cincinnati at this point has dug itself too big of a hole, and they just don't have the firepower left. They looked tired to me yesterday. Uh, probably the game of the day, game of the season, was in Philadelphia there. Uh, the Eagles scored 23 points in the fourth quarter and overtime to uh, to shock the Buffalo Bills. I, yeah. I still uh, am kind of baffled with how Buffalo let that one go. Uh, Josh Allen, Agreed. man, 339 through the air, two touchdowns, 81 on the ground, two touchdowns. That was kind of what we want to see from Josh Allen is him just kind of take yeah. over. But even then, it still wasn't enough that Josh or Jalen Hurts became super clutch uh, there in the end. Yeah, agreed. And and look, the best way I can put it is what happened yesterday, Buffalo wasted their energy yesterday. Mm. And what I mean by that is they played the way we expected them to play most of the season. And they played, I didn't think with desperation, but they played with the confidence and the alacrity, which is a little bit of joy. Yeah. Like, that's the Buffalo team that we're used to seeing. That's the Josh Allen we're used to seeing, wheeling and dealing and, and wide open yet. Not a turnover machine, right? Not putting it all in, in, in harm's way. Making some throws that you're just like, oh, my God, did he just make that throw? <laughs> he threw one against two deep coverage to Gabe Davis on the sideline. 
And I was sitting next to someone, and the person goes, he's wide open. I was like, eh, you don't know football. Um, <laughs> he threw it between the, 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 the short corner and, and the safety over the top on a line for a guy with a bad shoulder, a, a rocket ship. Bam! Throw. I was like, oh, there's Josh Allen. That's the Josh. And his running and everything. He played with verve, and I just loved it. And the team played with it, and they let it get yeah. away. Remember, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier took a sabbatical as a defensive coordinator, okay? Sean McDermott took it over himself. Mm-hmm. In the last two weeks, they let him get away against Denver because they, he, he goes for a field goal block instead of just playing you know, defense on the field mm-hmm. and letting the guy miss the field goal, which he did. And then this week, they let it get away late. Now, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are very good, don't get me wrong, but if you're trying to get to the playoffs and struggling as you are in Buffalo and used to playing good defense, you find a way not to let that one get away. That was their game on the road in Philly. That was their game, and that one got away from them. And boy, oh boy, can you believe Buffalo six and six? Yeah, Buffalo. They're into wow. the bye, and then they go into Kansas City. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be interesting because you know that's a that's a four twenty five game feature game. Yep. But I believe that week, you're not going to believe this, I believe Miami is at Baltimore as a 1 o'clock game. Oh, might have, uh, I'm going to give you guys an early uh, – am I, am I giving it to you early? Can you, can, you, can you say it with me? Can you say potential flex? Oh. That those two flip, but, but, that but one of them goes to – that first one of the year? Buffalo goes to one, and – is, is that a possibility? I can tell you this. I might be. I might be wrong because it might be. Sun- it might be Kansas City, Cincinnati. I think is is the one that I'm thinking is the flex. Buffalo and what you call it, that that will probably stay at 425. I think I'm off by a week. Yeah, I'm yeah. The, the week 14, you've got the 425 games as Buffalo, Kansas City uh, for you guys on CBS and Denver and the Chargers. Yeah, I, I, I think that's. I think that's going to stay. The Sunday Nighter is also one o'clock that you flip. Yeah, the Sunday Nighter's Dallas, Philly. That ain't moving. <laughs> that's that's not moving. But but go go I think you gotta go down. Isn't there a Kansas City Kansas City Cincinnati four twenty five for Cincinnati a week or two later? Uh I think you're thinking week seventeen. Yeah, week seventeen there's a the four twenty five Bengals into Arrowhead. Uh yeah, and, and, and at one o'clock, isn't that Miami Miami and uh Baltimore? Baltimore, yeah, one of you're right. So we might have a little swap that, there. That's Ooh. the week. Yeah. So 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 if I'm a no excuses person, I don't point out that I got picked up late at two fifty in the morning. I don't point that out <laughs> because I'm a no excuses person. So that does not come into play at all that I could mess that up, okay? Charles, we've kept you for a long time, but uh, my co-host would be remiss if so I didn't I ask you. you for a long time. This is on me. Bit okay, of both. Bit of both. No, please stick around for the whole hour if you'd like. But I wanted to ask you about uh, the Denver Broncos now winning five straight. Yesterday, yeah. George Russick tweeted out that he thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl and Sean Payton's going to win Coach of the Year and <laughs> Russell Wilson's going to win the MVP. What do you think? I, I like I like the optimism. I, I'm, I'm going 0 for 3 on that one. Thank but you. if there's one, if there's one that could kick in, it actually could be Peyton as coach of the year. Now the hard part is give, you know, giving up 70 to Miami is always going to be like a tiebreaker for people. Yeah. But the way this team is playing right now and who they're look at who they beat in this five game streak too. Yep. Okay. They did. They didn't beat RPI. All right. They didn't, you know, they didn't beat Queens college. Okay. <laughs> they have beaten some really good teams. 
I give him a ton of credit for being able to hold because actually losing by 70 to Miami actually made the task even harder because mm-hmm. now you got to convince these guys that, hey, my way works. And they're looking at you like, how's your way work? We gave up 70. And, and guess what? He has done that and done it at a high level. And I am ecstatic because guess who I get to see up close and personal this week? The Denver Broncos Ooh. and the Houston Texans. I'll be good oh, one. you so got to be a fun week you... to get ready for this one and see this see this team now and how they're playing. And by the way, defensively, uh-huh. they see ball get ball right now. I think mm-hmm. they've got four or five games now where they've got three takeaways or more. And and the way the season started, you thought they'd never get another takeaway. It's but, unbelievable what they're getting done. If you run into Alex Singleton, uh, ask him about his yeah. time here in our lovely town. Oh, I guarantee he'll say it was fantastic. And by the way, he and Josie Jewell, the the, the linebacker yeah. crew, you remember you remember the Mighty Ducks movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Remember when they, they ended up out in L.A. and they picked up, you know, that all-star team they put together? Mm-hmm. And he had the two guys who were just beating people up and they stole the Oakland A's Bash Brothers nickname? Yes. Those two last year went to a game wearing the jerseys of those two guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they called themselves the Bash Brothers. And they've already said they're thinking about doing it again this year. I'm hoping it's this week that they roll into the stadium wearing those Mighty Ducks jerseys. Be fun to watch, that is for sure. Uh, we always enjoy, enjoy our time with you, Charles. Uh, get some rest. It's been a long travel day for you. Hey, I, I feel fine now. Get <laughs> yeah. off my chest. I appreciate you both for playing therapist for me. Oh, yeah. And, and we are rocking and rolling right now. And, you know, we'll see what next week brings us. But, boy, the NFL is just hot right now. Mm. You guys take care of yourselves. You too, Anytime, buddy. brother. Talk soon. There you go. Bye. Charles Davis, our NFL analyst, uh, of course, works for CBS, Steelers and Bengals this past weekend. And how There's about that? so much he can go banger on. Banger this weekend that he has on on tap. I was watching, when I was watching the Jags-Houston game, I was just like, man, I know the assignments were done weeks previous, but this should be the second CBS game. Ian Eagle and Charles Davis should be on the Jags and Texans. I think it was uh, Spiro Ditas, but whatever. Yeah. It, it, it was like... Gotta get him out of the AFC North. It's just been yeah, he's, gray. Been, he's been there a lot. It's just been a lot of gray, wet, wet rain. But those and AFC cold. North games were so they were they should have been so much better. Everyone just hurt, except for Lamar Jackson. And as a result, the Ravens are going to win the division. Yeah, man. Like Ravens figured it out. They got Todd Munkin in there. Uh, they weren't pretty last night, but what the Ravens are doing and what they have done really since they moved to Baltimore in 1996 was it just plays smothering defense. The way they were blitzing there, Herbert yesterday, four turnovers again, forced like I don't know. And what are we like, Justin Herbert, man? Like it, it just, it's him and Phil Rivers doing the same thing here. It, it they're is just having similar, their players right? just wasted by the way, but the wayside here with the Chargers organization. I don't know. Yeah, Not good. No. Uh, Charles Davis joined us for Tom's House of Pizza. Our NFL insiders join us for Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and in Okotoks. We'll have Ross Tucker join us on Thursday to tee up another week of NFL action. We also did our uh, best bets from the weekend. Yes. Our NFL Big Bets is brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. Make your picks at sportsselect.com. Must be 18+. plus. Please play responsibly uh, over the week. Average yep. across the board. Yep. How about Peter Klein going <laughs> four and two to lead us all with his <laughs> bonus picks as uh, the guest host was in. Uh, apart from that, three and three across the board. 
We had Packers and the Lions game. I missed on the under. You both had the Packers plus the points. We had the Niners and the Seahawks. Me and George hit the under. You missed on the Seahawks yeah. plus the points as the Niners ran that one up late. Uh, we had we all had the Texans plus two and a half against the Jags. That did not come to fruition. Missed Almost. a late field goal. Yeah, I know. Like, I also had them plus two on another bet. Ah. It was a little parlay. That one kind of choked me up. Uh, we had the over in the Broncos in the Browns game. It was at 35 and a half. Well, you two both had the under. You and George had the under, so you missed on that one. We all got the Eagles and Bills game correct. I had the over 48 and a half. You both had Eagles minus the points. And finally, Ravens and Chargers. George and I had the over. We missed. You had the under. We all went three and three this week. Yeah. Across the board, 500. Uh, I'm now 45, 24, and 3 on the season. Patrick is 35, 33, and 4. And George is 33, 37, and 2 on the year. Uh, Got another good slate of picks. Looking like, I'll tease it for you here. Seahawks, Cowboys, Lions, Saints, Texans, Broncos, Browns, Rams, Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, Packers. You've picked six good games here. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a decent slate. I mean, obviously, we have hit, obviously have to have the Thursday and the Sunday nighter, and I think we're getting uh, treated with some good uh, primetime games this weekend. Uh, that Niners-Eagles game is uh, is obviously the one that's everybody going to be focused on. The Niners actually open at a two-point favorite on the road mm. in that one. Mm. So Vegas is not Interesting. all that impressed with the Eagles. Eagles wins. have had a... Well, here's the thing. The Eagles wins. They've kind of Close. scraped them out yep. and miraculously pulled them out of the fire. A few times this year, and their ref- run defense, one of the spots their defense definitely could be improved in, and uh, one of the things the Niners do really well, run the ball. Yeah, one of the best at doing that, uh, for sure. Uh, I think it's just going to be, like that's obviously a rematch of last year's NFC Championship. I think there's a lot of, obviously, sour taste in, in Niner players' mouth that, uh, you know, Brock Purdy didn't finish that one. He got hurt real early in that one, and it was kind of the, the the bed was set for that, the rest of that game, so... Uh, and this is a get right for, for this is a, a six game stretch for, for the Eagles where they're all playing playoff teams and for the Niners like I don't think there's anybody playing better football than them right now yeah the Broncos may be the hottest team in the league but quality of victory I don't think anybody's play, anybody is playing better than San Francisco right now yes sir uh, we'll take a break we will around the corner I have one thing I want to throw your way that is uh, baseball related oh And then uh, we'll also tee up tonight's game. Flames, Golden Knights at the Scotiabank Saddledome, 7.30 start. Flames Talk's going to go at 6 o'clock. That's the pregame show. Normal Flames Talk at 4. We'll also have Real Kipper Kipper and Bourne at 3. Sportsnet today at 1. The Fan Checkdown coming up at noon. And the Jeff Merrick Show coming up at 10 o'clock. Also, a new episode of 32 Thoughts should be coming out if it's not out already in the next little bit here. Uh, We'll take a break. Wrap the show around the corner. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It is the big show. We're live in hour number three. From the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studios, do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basementy. Hour two of the big show is up wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or Google, our full hour with Brent Cron. This hour will be up in about a half hour's time as well if you missed our chat with Charles Davis going over the week that was in the NFL. And Charles, uh, tough trip home. It was rough. I wonder what car he was in. Because if it was a low car and those are bumps, he feels yeah, everything. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. I thought it was a strange thing to wonder until you explained. That's good. Yeah. yeah right on. 
Flames, Golden Knights tonight. 7.30. Mm. Hate that extra half hour. Is it 7.30? Yeah, it is. Damn it. Flames, Golden Knights. Flames talk pregame oh, will go I at like 6 or 6.30. We got to finish Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Yeah, you got to. And then you come to the Flames. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, 100%. Flames talk at 4. Real Kipper and Bourne. The story on the Leafs. Sportsnet today at 1 o'clock. Fan check down at noon with Matt Marchese. Jeff Merrick show at 10 a.m. Friedman will join him. Plus, as mentioned, their podcast just dropped. I don't know if we know if there's anything in it. Or it should have dropped. It usually drops around 8 a.m. on Mondays. It dropped. It did? Yeah, it's about Patrick Kane. That's, oh. what, the, that's what the title makes you want to believe. But yeah. Apparently, he's going to make a decision at some point this yeah, week. Yeah, it's got to be quick it's been here. a rumor. Uh, mm. More on the Corey Perry situation. How about Jacob Truba getting only fined $5,000? Yeah, I meant to bring that up with Kron. The wheel was nice to him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was very nice. It was very, especially after our whole conversation. You know what? I'm going to write that down. So I t- make sure we talk about that with Kron tomorrow. Got to get to the spinning wheel. We got to get to the spinning wheel, and we got to get to Dustin Wolf. I'm going to write the wheel and the wolf. <laughs> wheel and. Sounds like a children's book. Wolf. <laughs> yeah. The big wheel and the wolf. Hmm. Uh, 7.30, I got some stats I want to share with you, but I did want to get your thoughts on a baseball thought real okay. quickly here. Uh, Jeff Passan dropped his new article, one of the top insiders for Major League Baseball. I want to read you this paragraph. Mm. Um, also, should note that Sonny Gray signed a seven-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, starting pitcher who had a very tidy season was up for the Cy Young. Very solid year with Minnesota. Lost, to, uh, lost out to... Um, What's his name? Garrett Cole. Yes, thank you. Uh, plenty of teams who... This is the, the quote from uh, Passan. There are plenty of teams whose off-seasons hinge on the right addition. The Los Angeles Dodgers, Texas Rangers, and Toronto Blue Jays are chasing the biggest star in the sport, free agent two-way player Shohei Otani. The rest is San, San Diego Padres are entertaining the notion of trading star outfielder Juan Soto. The Braves and Phillies are vying for NL East supremacy. The Cardinals are trying to avoid mediocrity and the irrelevance that accompanies it. But the biggest part there is passing names. The Blue Jays is one of three teams that are in a uh, big chase here for Shohei Otani. Do you think this is, actually has any legs to it? Yeah, you do. I, I actually think it does. I think. I think we were kind of kidding ourselves, uh, you know, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny to see Shohei here? I I think we were fooling ourselves, thinking, oh, Shohei only wants to stay on the West Coast so he can be closer to Japan. I don't think that matters. I think Shohei knows what he can do in baseball, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter where he plays, that he is going to be uh, an enig- enig- enigmatic part of, of that city, of that fa- franchise, wherever he goes, and... We talk about Toronto being, you know, Canada's team. You've, you've got thirty, you know, forty million, you know, supporters up here. No, no, I mean, I'm just, just spitballing. Sure. Obviously, not all Canadians are Blue Jays fans, but I'm just saying you have a a market here where you can, the world is your oyster essentially. That Shohei Otani would become easily maybe the biggest ever free agent signing to come to a Canadian team in in any sport. It would be huge. It would be massive, and 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 it would just like wherever he signs is going to be one of the biggest news in baseball in recent, not even recent. Oh, and, and it would, in long, and it would piss in off a very a long of, history of this game, and it would piss off a ton of those guys down at, down at ESPN so and, and Fox and all those guys. Oh, oh, show he's in Canada. Mm. Oh, we're not going to have the Blue Jays on Sunday Night Baseball. We're not going to have the Blue Jays on Fox Saturday. So what? And I, I think it'd be hilarious. And I think the Jays have put themselves in a position where. 
Uh, they want to be a contender. They know they know this is the way the Blue Jays are going to be right now. They've got they've got the money to spend. They've got a team that is. We've talked about that window shutting. It, it might be shut, but Shohei could pry that thing open in a heartbeat. And I get it. You're probably not getting pitching Shohei this year. You're just going to get the bat, which it's is fine. Which is fine. You just try and you sign solve, him for as long as you can. You solve that DH issue, yeah, which has been a, a big pressure. Maybe gives them some left field time. And they do have so they've got a pretty good rotation now. Granted, yeah, damn right they do. You have to make some adjustments once you bring them in. Uh, who knows? But yeah, just uh, you know, it, it's just interesting to me that they continue. I don't to just... think he's going to sign in Toronto. I don't think that like in the end, I don't think he's going to be a Blue Jay. I think he's going to you know end up. I, I pick the Rangers mm-hmm. as a spot. But I, I mean, like L.A., the Dodgers seem to be the the team all along. Maybe San Francisco. Just interesting. They keep coming up. That the Jays just keep getting mentioned. And they um, have been like they have been mentioned. Like, like they've been they were they were in on Shohei when he was came over here. They were one of the teams that were were talking about him. Yeah, like, U Darvish was another name that the Jays were in on that they almost got, but he ended up signing with the Texas Rangers. So. Uh, the Jays have been, and they've got the like, Toronto's got that mentality. It's very, uh, it's a, it's a diverse city. There's a ton of different cultures there, and I think Shohei could fit in really well. Also, Calgary Flames in action today. Also, wanted to mention the Roughnecks had a preseason yes, game. Yes, they on did. The Season opens up that? on Saturday for them. Um, yes, it this does. Saturday. They get going as uh, December means Roughnecks lacrosse at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Calgary Flames taking over the Saddle Dome tonight as they host the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a lot of hockey that the Saddle Dome has hosted over the last couple of days mm, with the Wranglers. There. The ice is going to be a Hitman game. Yeah, it's it's going to be fine. It's going to be what it always is. Um, but I wanted to bring something up with the Golden Knights. Uh, Shea, Thor- Shea Theodore has been placed on the injured reserve, which is certainly notable. One of the top defensemen for this Golden Knights team, him and uh, Alex Pietrangelo, the, the top two blue liners there. Uh, Shea Theodore, just a couple things from the stat pack. Uh, most even strength goals by a defenseman since 2018-2019. Shea Theodore is fourth. Wow. Behind Dougie Hamilton, Roman Yossi, and Victor Hedman, and just ahead of Darnell Nurse? <laughs> mm. Eggman. How about that? Um, but one of the other things I wanted to mention here is just the way that the Golden Knights have split their season. First 12 games of the year, 11-0-1. They were outstanding. Everyone was stunned. How is the world, How are the world champions after the summer of celebrating a Stanley Cup, also in Vegas, going to respond? And they come out and they, they get points in 12 straight games to start the season. But then in their last nine games, they've gone 3-5-1. Their goal differential is down to a negative. Their goals per game is almost halved. They're allowing more goals per game, although not a lot. It's up to 2.89 against against just two against. They've still had good goaltending in this slump that they've seen lately. The penalty kill has gone down. The power play has gone down. What I'm trying to say is that as much as Vegas Mm -hmm. is still one of the cream of the crop here in the Western Conference, right now, not playing as well as they have been to start the year. Yeah, no, you're seeing that with a lot of the top teams in the league. Like Boston's come back down to down a little bit there. They haven't been playing it. I think it's just teams catching up with them. And then that, you know, Vegas played a lot of hockey. You know, they yes. played deep into June. And and to be that they were this healthy coming into this season, despite, you know, having, you know, Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore still out of the line. Well, Alec Martinez out to start the year. Now Shea Theodore out. Uh, it feels like this might be starting to be a little bit of an issue with Vegas, that this it's going to start cropping up with this team. And, and it's been a, an issue with this team in the past that a lot of hockey, they've had a lot of injuries, but this is one of the first off seasons. They're like, hey, we're pretty healthy heading in 
into that that maybe that the Martinez injury was the one you know hey we're we're worried about but uh, you, you do see that maybe Vegas is coming back down here and the teams are, are, are starting to catch up with their play. And There's a lot of veterans there who've got a lot veteran. of miles. Yes. Right? And I think about this Golden Knights team. and Sorry, they, the, They've been shut out three times. That's what year. I was going to get yeah. to. Like they, One of the things that I've never like matched up with the Vegas Golden Knights in their short time being in the NHL is a lack of goal scoring. Yeah, no. Seattle Kraken, a little bit different. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Vegas was always able to score. You had... Wild Bill Carlson throwing up a 40-burger <laughs> early on in his career with Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel's been a prominent scorer. They've had other guys mm-hmm. down the lineup like a March or so. Uh, Chandler Stevenson's had really good years in the yep. past. The Golden Knights, this past game that they played on Saturday, shut out by the Arizona Coyotes 2-0. They have now been shut out three times in the last six days. November the 14th, or in the, uh, pardon me, in the last six games. Uh, November 14th against the Capitals, shut out 3-0. November 19th against the Penguins, shut out 3-0. November 25th against the Coyotes, this one at home, shut out 2-0. Last year, shut out in only two games. The entire season, the entire year, yeah. only shut out twice. And it's happened three times in their last six games here. Their goaltending has still been good, Very but good. the goal scoring has dropped like a stone for this team. And granted, Calgary isn't necessarily a team that is known for throwing up a whole bunch of offense. But yeah, that's good to hear as far as yeah, preparing exactly. for this game. And if, well, and that is true. And then if it was one thing that the, the Golden Knights do not allow any power play goals. So if you're thinking the power play is going to wake up tonight, <laughs> this is going to be the wake probably up not game. a good game. Wouldn't Maybe could be. It? could be because I mean, uh, there's their 14th game this year. They have not allowed a, a power play goal in. Yes. So they played what? 21 games. Yeah, and 14 of them, they haven't allowed a power play goal, which is very impressive. Um, they've been very strong in that sense. Uh, and, and you look at this blue line for the team, though, right? And it's a bunch of guys, like we mentioned, the- Theodore and uh, Petrangelo, who you know that they're going to be able to help out five on five, get the offense going as well. But Petrangelo is an amazing defender. Yeah, couple that with Martinez and McNabb and White Cloud and Hag. Like, there's just a bunch of mean, big, nasty dudes. You don't necessarily care if they're throwing up a whole bunch of points. Yeah. Like they can help. Nick Hague's got a little bit of offense to his game. He's a big rough and tumble type guy. But that's a really sturdy blue line when it comes to killing penalties. So it's a big matchup for the Flames. Uh took four of a possible eight points on the roadie, return home. Now they battle the Vegas Golden Knights. As we mentioned, it's gonna be a seven thirty start. Uh, we got wall-to-wall coverage for you all day on the show, on the station. Tomorrow, Brent Cron will be back. He'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour tomorrow. Yep. Uh, probably have Eric Francis at 7.30. Okay. Yep. Anything else that we're chasing right now? Maybe Pondering. Kiprios, if you at 7. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I always like nice little two weeks with, with us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Works for us. All right. Sounds like a good program tomorrow. A lot of hockey tomorrow. Hell yeah. Enjoy the hockey game tonight. Enjoy the football game tonight. Mm-hmm. Bit of a doozy. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I think. I think you know Chicago's been playing a little bit better there since Justin oh, Fields looked good in his return to the lineup uh, last week. And Minnesota, it's it's a it's a big spot for them. Uh, they're six and five. Yeah, the Pastronaut. six and five right now. They're sixth seed in the NFC. Uh, a big win for them would go a long way in them trying to you know turn their fortunes around. They started what zero and four this year, so uh, mm-hmm. gets a seven and five. That's pretty good. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, coming up in the next hour, what do we got? More of the same? Uh, yeah, we'll be replaying Kron off the top, and then bottom of the hour, me and Shan going to talk about the Flames, uh, maybe preview this Vegas game a little bit more. 
Whoa. Whoa-wee. Did you have fun doing the Wranglers this weekend? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah? Busy weekend. Yeah, busy, busy. I, a lot of shifts here. I had so much hockey. Friday, Saturday, woke up, prepped for the Wranglers game for three hours, called the Wranglers game, went home, watched the Stars game because I was at the Blue Ball Friday yep. raising money for the How um, was that? Was it good? Calgary Prostate Cancer Center. It was awesome. Good. It was very fun. My whole family enjoyed it. If you've never been to the Blue Ball, I highly recommend it. Raising money for a good cause. It's a fun comedy show as well. Uh, all three comedians were great. And then, yeah, so missed the game Friday, mm-hmm. the one that was actually like a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Watch the Wranglers Saturday afternoon, got home, watched the stars on tape, and then roll right into Abs Flames. Flames. <laughs> it was just mainline hockey. And then woke up the next day and watched the Wranglers get their teeth kicked in. <laughs> what a weekend. All right. It was probably, yeah, first world problems. Yeah. Enjoy your Monday, friends. Bye bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.